Coming up, what an excellent day for a very powerful man. Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to Minute 75 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with Kinderman saying, It isn't likely that he would fall from a window. And it ends with him saying, If someone came calling between the time Miss Spencer left and the time you returned. Someone came calling? Who who could come calling? (laughs) (laughs) He just has to come over. He can't can't operate a cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) Clop once for will you marry me? Ah, uh, oh, yeah, and and on uh, on the horseman's Facebook, um, which which would actually be, it would be long Facebook, <laughs> right? You know where they have like the relationship status, right? Mm-hmm. So it would be like you know married, single. Uh, it's complicated, and just like for his, it would just say oats. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a very complicated guy. No, no, he's he's, he's a he's a simple horse, a simple horseman. <laughs> now that that's that's a good question. So we we have no indication that like Sharon has been sneaking the horseman over to Reagan's house, right? Well, I mean, no, nothing's broken in the house. So. <laughs> and all the oats are still in the cupboard. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of glass little, uh, you know, even for a house with a demon, there's a lot of unbroken glass. Right? This demon, this demon is, um, uh, he, he is, he is nothing if not, um, uh, polite about the glassware in the house, right? <laughs> like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make your, your daughter's head go, you know, a complete 180, but, you know, that, that porcelain vase right there, I, I you know, it's like, right. I can see how expensive that is. You right, know? that's culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I come from a place of call, you know, like, right. I mean, look at, look at where I come from. Like they, they, they broke everything over there. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, like, uh, one of the un, unwritten rules of, uh, of podcasting is, you know, you, you, you hook them in the first 15 seconds. <laughs> uh, this podcast. I know. No, I think ours is the first 15 episodes. Um, oh, right. Exactly. If that, uh, but <laughs> they, they, they tuned in for uh, an episode about uh, Kinderman and Chris talking mm-hmm. and we're, we're talking about the horseman who doesn't even exist. <laughs> Sure, he exists. Well, yeah. <laughs> he exists in Sharon's heart. Yeah, in Sharon, you know, as much as Santa Claus mm-hmm. and Captain Hat. Well, no, Captain Hattie's no, actually. Captain Hattie exists, yeah. Objectively that, real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So <laughs> we got we got uh, Kinderman and Chris talking, right? Actually, no, it's mostly just Kinderman talking, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, y- you would think it'd be it'd be like one of the doctors, you know, doing this long-winded talking time. But but even in the minutes where it starts and ends with them, you got Chris talking in between, right? This, mm-hmm. I think, is the first time where, you know, not only is only one person talking, but it's all the same monologue, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild, right? Like, you'd think we'd have more of that, but I guess the, that just highlights the nature of some films versus others, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's a very cinematic film. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, we compare it to Shakespeare a lot, obviously, mm-hmm, on this, mm-hmm, if you're just joining us on this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, if you're uh, just a minute seventy five, guys, <laughs> I'm like, where is this horseman? I miss it somewhere in there. But um, yeah, like, uh, not all movies, um, 
you know, have a lot of uh, soliloquies. Like, what's the di- like? Wh- where's the line between a monologue and a soliloquy? Do you oh, know, fuck. Like, is there? A- um, <laughs> <laughs> let me just let me just go um, into the annals <laughs> of my memory. <laughs> Give me just one second. So, Keenan, I remember it now. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) A monologue refers to a long speech delivered by a character during a conversation, Mm -hmm. while a soliloquy refers to the act of speaking one's thoughts aloud when by oneself or regardless of listeners and a formal speech is made directly to an audience. You didn't Ah. ask me what a formal speech was, but I also (laughs) remember that. <laughs> so okay, so soliloquy is more like their inner thoughts. Where monologue, like like we have here with Kinderman, um, these are not necessarily his inner thoughts because he has a clear objective. I would say, which is right to to, to see if Chris is lying. Yes, you liar. <laughs> you're an actor. Um, you're, yeah, I know you actor types. <laughs> I know the difference between a monologue and a soliloquy. <laughs> I went to to Juilliard. I don't know. Um, but uh, okay, yeah. So, folks, uh, actually, yeah, good question, Keenan. So, a monologue is Friends Roman's Countryman because right. he's speaking to everybody in the crowd. Right. And a soliloquy is same guy, Mark Anthony, talking to the dead body of Caesar mm-hmm. when nobody else is around. He's like, uh, you know, uh, the dogs of war, that thing. Right. Okay, yeah, cool. So, so that there makes we a go. Lot of, we learned yeah. something yeah, together. We <laughs> together, we learned. I mean, I, well, no, I remembered something. Right, you remembered something. Yeah. something. <laughs> and I relearned it, um, brought it to my to my immediate memory. Yes. <laughs> All right, we're getting out of the Shakespeare trap. In any case, let's get back to the top here. Uh, we got some stuff to unpack here to jump back a little bit to the previous minute. Um, so Kinderman opens this new thought with the deceased comes to visit, stays only 20 minutes and leaves alone a very sick girl. And this line ends on an up note like an incredulous question, right? He he already doesn't buy it. And whether he suspects anyone in the house, I feel like he's here at least cluing Chris in to the fact, um, as the kids say, the math ain't mathin', right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't linger on that thought. He jumps from there to, and speaking plainly, Mrs. McNeil, it isn't likely he would fall from a window. And we can see that Chris reacts a little bit, like he has this little twitch, right? Um, but again, like uh, the way that he says it, right, uh, that last part, fall from a window, right? He says it like that's what was in the report. And he's like reciting it back almost sarcastically, mm-hmm. uh, but but like sarcastic, gentle, if that makes any sense. Almost like like, come on, you agree that this sounds improbable, right? I you know again, I, I think I've said this several times. Like I don't know how improbable it is that Burke Dennings <laughs> falls out of a window. <laughs> like uh, of all your friend, I mean, think about your friend group right now. Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah, Probably yeah. someone you you have in mind that would be most likely to fall out of a window. Oh yeah, well I well, I think I think it would be me actually. <laughs> I don't think of you as a lush. Why is that just a well, no, 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 no. Or... Yeah, just absolute clumsiness. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. I bite the inside of my own mouth <laughs> frequently. I think. I think if there was an open window, mm-hmm. I would. Uh, I'd be like, "Wow, that's a long way to," and then I'm and then I'm done. <laughs> right, all the way around. All the way around. Yeah. <laughs> he bit his inside of his cheek all the way around. <laughs> well, like, do you like? I'm, I'm guessing uh, uh, you know somebody. Um, is it, it, it's me, isn't it? 
<laughs> no, I hadn't thought about that. I was just thinking about my drunkest, my drunkest, uh, silliest friend. And we don't have to name names. We'll no, just, uh, no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no. Tom Peck would fall out of a window. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and somehow hit the stairs that are like uh, 30 feet away. Yeah, if anyone could, it'd be him. All right. Well, there we go. We got <laughs> Tom. We love you, buddy. Stay away from those open windows. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so he, he finishes with that fall from a window, right? And now from there, it almost looks like he comes across a new thought. He's, he's doing this thing. He's not looking at Chris. He's looking at his own thoughts, right? Again, folks, mm-hmm. like make note of this. We got another character looking at something which we cannot see, right? Remember before we had, we had characters looking at nothing but looking at it intensely, right? Mm-hmm. But Kinderman's a little different. He's not staring into like an existential abyss, right? He's not, he's not looking into the demon plane, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's just looking at his own thoughts, like piecing it together for himself, the way that you would do like a jigsaw puzzle, right? He's got a mental jigsaw puzzle, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. This is all fake. This is all for show, folks. He is doing this in front of Chris on purpose as if he is just piecing it together for himself, right? He says, besides, a fall wouldn't do to his neck what we found except maybe one chance in a thousand, as if he's just realizing that, right? Right. But he, like, before he set foot in this uh, house, he knew what he was all about. He knew he was going to say that line, probably. He knew he was going to say that line, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe even, like, practice it in front of a mirror. I don't know. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, Now, what did you make of this, Keenan? Like, does this seem a little bit like overly cruel to be doing it like this in front of her, to be piecing it together like this, talking about his neck, talking about like all the, the gruesome details and everything? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that, that is his tactic, right? He's, mm. um, it does seem cruel, but then, you know, he could probably play it off like, oh, I'm just an old fuddy-duddy. I'm not realizing how cruel it is. But like, I, mm. think, I think it's a test and I think that Chris fails the test. Hmm, okay. Because if I if I were to go to you and talk about your good friend Tom Peck <laughs> fell out a window, <laughs> still and I said, right? And I said, oh, you know, he broke his neck, and it, you know, it, it, it that's the only way it would happen, right? Like mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. I were to say that to you and that just happened, you would not react the way that Chris did, which is mm. Chris just kind of like nods and takes it, right? Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. the point is that you're supposed to go, oh God, like this is my my buddy, like oh, mm. gross that you say that, yeah. You're supposed to have like some sort of emotional reaction, right? Because this is because the most important thing to you is not avoiding getting caught, but right. preserving his memory and, and and like having a good memory of him. Exactly. So she she has exactly. So she's avoiding getting caught, and I think he's catching her at avoiding lying. You know, avoiding getting caught in those are lies. So interesting. Because like failure, I would, Chris. Fail. You fail. <laughs> and then and then Bert comes out from uh, uh, behind the, the the wall. He's like, "This was all an elaborate ruse. I'm casting for my next show." <laughs> And Chris, I love you, but you you just you just can't do it. You you need to Where's the where's the actor from bygone years? What you know? This man, this detective, this Jew detective is the one. <laughs> I imagine that's how Burke would talk. Yeah, yeah. Like, I knew as soon as you said it, it's like, oh yeah, that's Burke. That's Burke's character, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this schmaltzy schlubby asshole here. <laughs> he's, a, he's an equal opportunity effect. Like he's he's calling he's calling Carl a Nazi. Exactly. And then he's and then he's laying on this guy for being Jewish. It's like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, just everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I think this is where Chris's acting skills actually um, come back to bite her, if you will. That is a really good point because I. I, I I, I still think it happens in this minute, mm-hmm. but I have a different place uh, like for the like the the pinpointing of like 
the shoe dropping for Chris. Right. Cool. Like a little bit, a little bit later than this, which is, but now, well, now you've called it all up into question, but mm-hmm. let's, yeah, let's, let's go, let's go ahead and, and examine it. Let's, let's uh, continue on and mm-hmm. then we can, then we can look at it. Uh, now Kinderman continues. This is what he has been leading up to. He says, no, his hunch in his opinion. And here Chris looks up. Kinderman says he was killed by a very powerful man. Mm-hmm. A very powerful, svelte, <laughs> muscular, beautiful man. Beautiful man. Deep, deep eyes. Deep eyes. Eyes that you could get lost in. <laughs> Knows how to play the piano. Good provider for his children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Selfless. Thoughtful. And he does the dishes without being asked. <laughs> 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 and, and Chris is, is like uh, uh, Detective Kinnaman. Like, oh, 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 uh, uh, uh. Kinnaman. I, th- I think you're. I think you're. You're. You're working through something there. Um, <laughs> Boy, am I. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Miss McGill. I, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. So, but no. He says. He says he was killed by a very powerful man. Point one. And from there, we cut to Chris's face. And Keenan, folks, like we were trying to figure out, like, when does she realize? When does she suspect? And I think this shot right here is meant to show us just that, right? Mm -hmm. And we see that this shot starts with her looking down and away at nothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's got a hand to her mouth. And then her eyes flick up to him and then back down as he continues the fracturing of his skull point mm. two plus the various other things we mentioned right and he's he's saying this uh, as he, as he's saying this the the camera like kinderman is drawing closer and closer as realization dawns her daughter killed burke so so keenan you you are thinking based on based on what you just said you mm. think like that that the shoe dropped for her a little bit earlier well, I I don't know if those are incompatible necessarily. I think that she is she's trying to shield herself or I don't know, she's trying to she's trying to play her cards close to her chest, right? Because mm-hmm. so what what are you saying that she she doesn't suspect Reagan at all before that or Well, that's okay. Like because up until sitting down and doing this recording with mm-hmm. you, I had thought that this little shot mm-hmm. of Chris kind of like, you know, with the finger to her lips and, yeah. and looking down and looking up at him and then looking away, like I thought that was the kind of like, boom, mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, right? Mm-hmm. But you raised a very, very good point about her sort of like failing the test, uh, you know, in, in the in the little bit of the monologue uh, that we had right before. Yeah, it's an unusual reaction to her, right? Yeah. You know, to say, you know, he's saying these terrible things about her, her BFF. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but like, but you're also saying that that they don't have to be mutually exclusive like this, because this is all in the same moment. Yeah, I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all right back to back with each other. But but then mm-hmm. if she does, if she doesn't think that Reagan, if she has no inkling, like maybe this is where she's really like solidifying the idea that, that this mm. is true. But if she doesn't have any suspicions of Reagan, then then why does she act so strangely when the policeman comes around, you know? Right. It Like, and now I'm, now I'm wondering, I mean, like folks, our brains are so, uh, they're like ogres. They have layers, right? 
No, not like ogres, like onions. Like, oh, that's what I, well, ogres are like onions. So <laughs> Ogres are like onions. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm being, I'm being Shrek. Shrek is okay, like, yeah. I don't have, I don't have uh, <laughs> layers. <laughs> but no, like, so, so what I'm, what I'm saying is like, have, folks, have you ever known something before you knew it? Mm-hmm. Right. right. Like, or suspected something before you even suspected it. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it almost seems like there are three, maybe even four levels of uh, finding something out. Right. It's like, right. oh no, that couldn't possibly have happened. And then you have the moment where uh, Kinderman sort of like confirms it. And it's like, oh, this could have happened. And then you know, we're going to get the the moment later where it's like, oh, this did happen, right? Once we get to right. like, do you know what she did, right? Now, I think that 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 you're really right to to talk about this moment that we see here with Kinderman because, mm. as you say, the camera is doing some really interesting stuff. It's mm. a very slow zoom in on both sides, mm, mm, and mm, we're mm. going to move in on Kinderman very very slowly as he sort of lays out. He he's pretending not to have any ideas, <laughs> and right, he's going right. to lay this out, you know. Um, and then he's going to we're going to reach a point, and the camera is going to slowly start zooming out on both sides. Yes. it's very very neat. Yeah. Um, and no, no, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, the, the, the camera is doing uh, uh, the same thing to both of these mm-hmm. characters. Um, but I feel like it's conveying something different for each of them. Uh So with Kinderman, it's conspiratorial. Mm -hmm. We're leaning in closer as he gives us the details Mm -hmm. of this grisly murder, as he reveals his hunch, right? Mm -hmm. And with Chris, it feels more internal. It feels like we are Chris and we are realizing along with her that Reagan could have done this and and it like it reminded me of when we were back upstairs in the hall with uh with chris and the two doctors right Uh right. um it was it was a very similar thing we had the camera moving in as we stared at dr dr tanny's beautiful baby blue eyes (laughs) strong arms strong arms (laughs) he does the dishes let me tell you um and, and like he he explained the uh, the next medical procedure, and mm-hmm. and then we cut to Chris, and we move in closer on her as she takes it all in, as she realizes what Doctor Tanny is saying. So right. just like here, right? This is this is the second scene I can think of where the camera moves in on one character as they're explaining something to Chris, and then we get a shot where the camera does the exact same thing to Chris as she is internalizing uh, uh, what is being said. Yeah, and it's like uh, the so on. On Kinderman's side, I like this. It's like hmm. we're getting closer, so we're really focusing on like like being being more in simpatico with uh, hmm. with hmm. him. And then on Chris's side, it's like the walls are closing in on Chris. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a perfect. Yes, that's a perfect image. Yeah. Movies are neat. <laughs> movies are so cool. Y'all, movies are so cool. <laughs> we should do we should do like a thing where like we talk about them, we examine, extrapolate, and ex- excavate. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I, don't know. yeah. I wonder if there's a market for that. Um, but yeah, so now we we cut back and we're with Kinderman again as he continues to pontificate. Uh, he says you know, various other things we've mentioned and he says this next thing like it's uh, heavy, like he's like, well, I've stalled long enough. I got to get this out. Right. And he says would make it very probable. And again, he, he pauses to specify probable, not <laughs> not not certain. And it is here that the camera stops. We may even have forgotten that it was moving in at Mm -hmm. all, but now it stops just before he drops the bomb that the deceased was killed and then pushed 
from your daughter's window, obviously I- intentional. Am I right? Like some kind of like unconscious catching of our intention of, mm-hmm. of our attention, right? That like, you know, the camera stops. Mm-hmm. And again, folks, all the while he's saying this, he's doing that, that uh, inward look, which now I can't tell for sure is an act or not, right? Like that's how good it is. The, the, the thing about Kinderman that I remember from the book is that his mind is always working, always making new connections. So I can see him coming here with the intention to sort of like trick Chris into opening up, but then also being unable to not play out the scene in his mind as he's describing it, because that's just how his brain works. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do still think there's a touch of uh, theatricality to this as well. Uh, like a theatricality to in him, like in, 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 in Kinderman? In Kinderman, yeah. So, the, I mean, like, obviously, you know, um, Lee J. Cobb playing Kinderman, mm-hmm. but Lee J. Cobb is playing a role that is playing a role, right? Yeah, he's he's an actor as much as Chris is, I think, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, um, I think I've said this before, like, I heard someone describe their ex-partner as, like, uh, she was an artist without an art. Like, she, she was, a you know, an artsy person, but never had that outlet, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if Kinderman is that type of person, right? He's like, yeah. Oh, he missed his calling life. for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, finally an excuse to wear makeup, as Chief Wiggum says <laughs> when he gets to be in Streetcar, the musical. <laughs> yeah, like he, he he needs that. Do you yeah, remember Streetcar, yeah. the musical? The, uh... I remember Streetcar, the musical, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I've, I've gotten to go to New Orleans a couple times for um, for movies and uh, like to make movies and then to see the movie that we made premiere and stuff. And mm-hmm. all I can think about is like, New Orleans, it's this terrible song of um, <laughs> New Orleans, like pirate stink and scum. And it's also, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As if, uh, if you want to go to hell, you could take a trip to the Sodom and Gomorrah on the Mississippi, New Orleans. <laughs> and folks, just remember, mm-hmm. a stranger is just a friend you've never met. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Yeah, that one got the, uh, the Simpsons in trouble, sort of. Like, this is in the days before. Well, New Orleans complained. They were like, we're not the Sodom and Gomorrah and the Mississippi. But they are. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they want it both ways, right? Like, they yeah. want it both, like, like come in and, you know, be debaucherous down here. But don't mm-hmm. don't tell anyone we're, we're scum. You can't have your, like... <laughs> like romanticism and your and your <laughs> you know your draw essentially and then right. not own it come on it is a beautiful have you been down there no i haven't i've only i've only started being able to go down there like last year it is a wonderful mm-hmm. wonderful place and oh. um i don't know if it was tennessee williams or somebody who was saying that that you know besides like outside of new york there's only new orleans and san francisco and every other oh, wow. city is just cleveland is what he said i think wow it's, it's all sort of just the same i think it's like not, nothing against cleveland but like mm-hmm. you know like san francisco and new orleans have their own kind of you know flavor flavor and yeah, yeah. yeah like you could you could be dropped you could parachute down there with the blindfold and figure out where you were right away ah, i'm yeah. in new orleans yeah <laughs> love it yeah absolutely um that would be yeah it'd be like like las vegas saying it's like no 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 no. we're not <laughs> sin city come on <laughs> come on right what happens here stays you're gonna lose all your all your all your tourists what are you doing? <laughs> right don't tell anybody what uh what you is possible here yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, anyway, don't let uh, anyone know there's gambling here in Las Vegas. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much of a Simpsons. Song, I don't know how much of an Elvis song we're allowed to sing before we go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that wasn't Elvis. That was uh, Kelvis. <laughs> Good old Calvis. Um, okay, we were we were talking about uh, Kinderman's theatricality, right? right? Um, now, 
just to play a uh, devil's advocate here, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I suppose we could also read it another way because Kinderman is continually not meeting her gaze, right, during this conversation. And this is something I'm only noticing now as we watch the film for this show. Nobody wants to look Chris in the eye. Mm-hmm. We got uh, 88 doctors. We got we got Dr. Berenger himself. And describing foundation? Ed- no. And foundation. Yeah. Right? Well... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like he's con- he's connected to the foundation, I probably. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, uh, describing exorcism to her mm-hmm. and continually dropping his gaze and looking away. Right, we right. got the astronaut who can't look her in the eye <laughs> after the after the rug incident. Right. right. Um, I, I I may be misremembering some of these. I I don't think so though. No, that's um, good. But yeah, we got a lot of characters. A lot of men mm-hmm. can't look Chris in the eye and maybe that has something to do with the fact that she's not playing the role of the traditional wife slash mother in the 1970s right like mm-hmm. she's running everything she's taking her daughter to the doctors and, and and questioning them and not letting them off the hook when they give half-assed answers right she's right. she's hosting the party she's moving through the world interacting with these men who are used to interacting with other men or interacting with women in a different way but no buddy you got chris mcneil to deal with today and they they become uh, uh, discombobulated, right? <laughs> right? And and they don't know how to act with this woman who's giving them orders, or or at least back, like at least not backing down or going away, um, uh, making reasonable requests, right? right? Making yeah, right. So, so yeah, what do, what do you think about that, Keenan? Like like that, that none of these guys can look her in the eye. Yeah, I think that's a really smart um, uh, pattern you picked up on there. Uh, mm. You know, you know, the man who does look her in the eye when she has a problem is Burke. Ah. Right. When she comes to him on the movie set and is like, Burke, I don't understand this. I mean, like he he is able to he, you know, he weaves and you know, perhaps he doesn't quite answer the question directly or whatever, but mm-hmm. he he uh he treats her like an equal and looks her in the eye and you know and like you know makes a joke to her and yeah, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. the one and he's gone now. He- yeah, yeah. I, he, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking back at that scene in mm-hmm. my mind's eye. Yeah, yeah, and he absolutely does. Right? He's, right. you know, it's like, well, it's perfectly plain, right? It's right. right there in the script, right? He's, he's looking at her. He's, he's explaining to her, and it, like, and he's not like, like you say, he's kind of like not answering the question directly, mm-hmm. but he's doing it for a different reason. Like he's, he's mm-hmm. playing with her. He's, and and he's also trying to like uh, 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 make her see his side of uh, right. of things as well, right? So it's not an avoidant, uh, a wishy washy like like avoiding the question. It's right. it's it's him trying to it, it it's it's him being an equal to her and seeing her as an equal yeah and we get the feeling he would do that to a a, a male colleague right mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. way dr klein would not do and would not treat her the same way he would treat a male patient or right a, a father of a, of a patient yeah. yeah if anything i think burke would give uh her probably more respect than yeah. um you know the leading man or whatever who is ever, who is on uh that that mr smith goes to um washington <laughs> yeah, thing that's yeah exactly right yeah and I'm I'm saying this because even though I still think there's a bit of a uh, uh, theatrical flair here with Kinderman, mm-hmm. a bit of a bit of schmaltz, right? Um, his eyes jump over to her in this weird way. He's he's looking off to the left, sort of visualizing the scene, and then and then they shift to the right, completely skipping over her. Which, by the way, I don't I don't know if this has been borne out or whether it's like pseudoscience. But like, have you heard uh, the thing about how like you can tell if someone is lying by which which way their eyes go? I, yes, I don't know if that's borne out, but I know it's a very popular 
idea. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So, so if, uh, if folks are unfamiliar, right, the idea is that um, if they look off to the side in one direction, I think it's I think it's to the left. Mm-hmm. They are accessing their memory, so they're telling the truth. But if their eyes flick to the right, they're accessing the creative part of their brain, and so they're and so they're lying, mm-hmm. right? Um, or, or is it the other way around? Like, I'm, I've, maybe I've completely mixed them up. Or or it's all bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's borne out. Um, mm. But uh, that is something that people try to put a lot of the, you know, everyone would love to figure out how to tell mm-hmm. how someone is lying or whether someone's right, lying right. or not. But It's in those, in those like uh, detective dramas where they're yes. questioning the, the Hannibal Lecter guy and he's like looking this way and he's looking that way and he's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. He's blinks. Um, and he's blinks. <laughs> he doesn't blink. Oh no, he does. He does. Right? <laughs> he's not a, he's not a lizard. Um, <laughs> well, no, lizards blink too. They Never blink mind. and they lick their own eyes. I wish I could yeah. do that. And, like, what does that right? tell you? Am I telling the truth if my tongue darts out and I <laughs> lick my own eyes to moisten them? Remember that remember that scene where where Anthony Hopkins licked his own eyes? <laughs> uh and you know, um Michael Caine has this thing, so Michael Caine, mm-hmm. who taught us acting. My, Michael Caine, yes. Our both of our first acting teacher in his book, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He um he talks about, you know, when I read that uh book and he was like, the the thing you have to remember to do is to never blink. And I'm like, What? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh God, oh God, I blink all the time, you know. <laughs> He says, yeah, in your, in your close-ups, you have to never, ever, ever blink. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. And don't think about not blinking either. <laughs> don't do it. Don't, especially, don't do Especially dare. those scenes where, where your partner is just, just blowing puffs of air into your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says, like, blinking will kill you as an actor and then having uh, blonde eyelashes. Which yes. I, I don't have that problem, but you do, I suppose. I do. I have blonde eyelashes and recently i have discovered i look in the mirror and i look like an alien because i have blonde eyebrows now <laughs> and i'm like when did this happen um because I, I don't think it was always the case but uh, suddenly now it looks like i have a much uh, a larger forehead uh than i than i did which is great because i had a really small forehead so now i'm like you know but yeah i'm gonna <laughs> next time i step in front of the camera i might have to i might have to you know um make those pop a little bit more yeah i, I guess it's just mascara is his solution right just, yeah that's what he said he okay. said um mascara for the eyelashes and i guess like a little eyebrow pencil oh. uh, for, for the eyebrows well, um, as always thank you mark okay mark okay <laughs> Which sounds like a Cockney person saying, my cocaine. <laughs> Have you seen my cocaine? <laughs> oh, I've seen my cocaine. But do you know where my cocaine is? <laughs> my absolute favorite, my cocaine. Yes. <laughs> this isn't my cocaine. <laughs> it's a bear's cocaine. <laughs> and cocaine bear just ends with, uh, with him saying, Master Wayne. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Some bears just want their cocaine. Yeah, some bears just want their cocaine. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I had a friend there and he drowned in the river. <laughs> they tell you what it feels like. It was agony. <laughs> How would some bears be spending next Christmas on the unemployment line? <laughs> that's that's a I Muppet, if uh, anyone that's wasn't a, that's there. A, that's a, yeah. <laughs> so you're wondering what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just Muppets. Don't, if you're ever wondering what nonsense we're saying, and we, we haven't clued you, don't worry. It's just Muppet stuff. Yeah. It's Simpsons or Muppets. That's, <laughs> it's one of those two. Right. Yeah. 
And we got both of them. Look at that <laughs> on this on this episode. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, like whatever. Oh, we're, okay, we're back to Lee J. Cobb, right? Okay, great. Um, whatever he is doing here, Lee J. Cobb is doing it well. So well, in fact, that uh, we were able to have something to talk about in this minute with just him <laughs> talking. And again, I'm surprised we haven't come across uh, more of these, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm always worried like when when I'm listening to another Movies by Minute podcast and I'm so impressed with how much information they can get from just like <clears> – <throat> I don't know what 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 some folks might think of as a boring scene, like with just a guy talking, right? Um, but no, we you know it, they they manage it, and they and and I'm glad that uh, well, I hope that we were able to do that too. Um, but yeah, uh, so so yeah, just a, a little aside here about forensics, I guess. Um, it's always fascinated me how much they can glean from just like examining the body, right? The fact Uh that Kinderman is able to tell that Burke was killed first and then pushed from the window. Like, like what about a dead body would even tell you that? Like, I wouldn't know where to begin. I'm realizing now that's, that's a very stupid statement. Like, like, of course I wouldn't, Um, (laughs) but like, it's, it's, it's a very difficult and dedicated study. And, and I know nothing at all about it, but like, like I, I spent zero out of my 10,000 hours, you know, studying it. Um, I might as well say, you know, brain surgery. I just don't know how they do it. Um, (laughs) How do you ride a horse, Sharon? How do you, how? (laughs) <laughs> Oof, okay. Ladies. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. He doesn't uh yeah, he doesn't kiss and clop to tell. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. But and, like what I mean is they always seem to come up with so many details. Like mm-hmm. it's like autopsy confirms that he was having an argument about the Beatles right before he died. Like, how do you know? And like I, I know some of it is is like educated guesswork right. and, and deductive reasoning. And that's, that's the whole challenge, right? Like uh, working with very little and reconstructing the crime scene. But like sometimes the conclusions, I, I guess to a layman, right? To, to a Watson, right? <laughs> it's, it's not so elementary, mm-hmm. but I guess that's why they do it. And I do a podcast. Yeah. Well, there are some podcasters who do uh, true crime stuff and seem to know all that stuff. But uh, mm. I think there's, you know, when you are dead and when you are alive but very hurt, your body heals at different rates. You know, obviously when you're dead, mm. you're not healing at all. So, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. But I could be wrong about that. Mm-mm-mm. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there, there, there's, I'm, I'm sure, like, you know, to, to a, forensics 101 student, mm-hmm. um, like all the stuff that I just said is, is, incredibly stupid um, <laughs> but but to me even that stupid stuff is beyond my scope yeah like yeah. when we were talking about uh what do you call it trepaning yourself you know like oh, tre- you, yeah 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 trepaning mm-hmm. i'm not sure trepaning yeah. trepaning i don't know yeah when you make yeah. a when you put a hole in in your own skull or you remove part of your skull to get the demons out yeah mm-hmm. that's that's how i understand it. anthropologists have have you know they could see it healing you know so they know it's not like oh this person has died and then we crack open the skull and take some out of it right like we could see see the body has has been alive and is trying to repair that right that yeah and, and again yeah it's it's like that would be that would be one of the telltale signs it's like because because another person like myself would be like well how do you know they didn't just do that after he died right. like like you know this hole in the head could have could have happened at any time but no right. they would be able to it's like well you know based on the 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 re-knitting of the bones or the the edges or something like that yeah right and just or just the way that this his ghost is screaming over there <laughs> It's like, oh my god! I was they did this murdered. when I was alive. <laughs> it was a murder. You know, that's the other thing is forensics is the ghosts really help. 
I was killed at, at this time on this day. I was wearing this jacket. <laughs> well, thanks, Ghost. See you next time you're yeah, murdered. Well, oh, wait, never mind. Oh, you only get one. Yeah. <laughs> and some ghosts, you know, they're, you know, they're, uh, they're the little chatterboxes, but, and then some of them, <laughs> some of them, they're like a, they're like a, like a combination safe. They just don't want to, they don't, you know, they're very tight lipped. A little clammy. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, they're, well, they're all clammy. I mean, you know. <laughs> Okay, uh, so Kinderman concludes that Burke was killed and then pushed from Reagan's window and then confirms that there was no one else in the room except Reagan. He is getting right to the point here. Like there, there's there's like two house visits and a scene back at his office before he finally decides to face this possibility, mm-hmm. which he also does not want to be true. Um, there's there's even a part where uh, we see like his whole process. He has like a collage of like all of the evidence on his desk, a, a vision board, if you will. Um, and he goes to like the, the coroner to examine the body. The coroner is eating, of course. <laughs> Guess what? Thanks, Vladdy. Um, Yep, there we go. Uh, I, I guess part part of it is like we got to keep the movie moving. So um, we've also completely like lifted uh, the whole idea of of Carl as a suspect, mm-hmm, right? Like right. the guilt, the guiltiest thing that Carl has done in this version is place a cross under someone's pillow. Maybe, <laughs> right? I think it was Captain Howdy. I um, think it was Carl. Uh, well, there we go. See, we got it. We end this podcast right now. <laughs> we cannot come to an agreement. Um, but yeah, and 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 I understand. Like the the cutting out of these scenes, like from the perspective of the movie, right? Also, much as Friedkin wants to call it a supernatural detective story, I think that label better fits the book than the movie, mm-hmm. right? And and much as Friedkin doesn't like this being called a horror movie, I feel like it's closer to that uh, end of the spectrum than than the book, right? What do you think? Well, let me see. There is a a little girl who is possessed by a demon of some kind into killing people. I think that's a horror movie. I don't know how yeah. we, I don't know how we get away from that. <laughs> this is, this is, this is a, a, well, okay. So, so the book would be a supernatural detective story right. and the movie would be a, de, what's the adjective for detective? De, a de, detectorial. A detec- <laughs> detectorial horror story. Yeah, sh- a, dete- a, de, a detectorial horror story. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, there's there's plenty of scenes where it's just a horror horror story, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, a religious. Oh, well, you got to put religious in there too. Right? So we're not talking about the Babadook. We're it's talking very about, Catholic. Yeah, it's very Catholic. Right? <laughs> Severely Catholic. Severely Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they put. And you know, you know, they have the the nutrition labels, right? <laughs> and they have that on the bottle of holy water. It's like <laughs> severely Catholic. <laughs> Right, but gluten free. Oh, um, not the bread though. I mean, yeah. Well, no, the bread. Well, yeah, transubstantiation. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, I was like, whoa, 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 we'll get into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know if I'm allowed to make those jokes. Yeah, it's like, it's okay, folks. I can make fun of Catholics. So anyway, <laughs> you all, no, am, if you haven't, am I allowed to ask if the body of Christ has gluten in it once it's been transubstantiated? I'm I not sure. I, I. I think God has a sense of humor. Okay? <laughs> I think all of, all of this, all of this, uh, uh, you know, uh, ritual, you know, mumbo jumbo that we do yeah. down here on Earth is, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's for us. Um, <laughs> all right. And God's up there. He's like, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, if it works for you, it works for you. You know. <laughs> so um, God's up there, huh? He's not. He's that, that's literal. Oh, oh, well, see, oh gosh. <laughs> Well, now you've now you've now you've uh, now you've pushed me into the corner. Now you've pushed me into the sandwich eating corner. I don't know. None of, and, 
And here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows. (laughs) Nobody knows. Okay. (laughs) So we can all just, we can all just chill. All right. And then, and believe what you believe. And, uh, and, and we'll find out. We'll, uh, or, or we won't. <laughs> or we won't. <laughs> so, geez, yeah, look what Detective Kinderman's style of interrogation got us just now. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Existential. We're back back in the existential trap. Where are we yeah. No, that's not a trap. That's just like all encompassing. Yeah, ex- the existential trap is just, is just being. That's just the it's nature just, yeah. of being. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> what is being? Oh, God. Yeah. Um, so... Kinderman poses this question. No one in the room except your daughter. How could this be? Mm-hmm. Right? We get a shot of Chris with a face that tells us she now knows exactly how it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how did you read this? Uh, is it like, oh my God, he's right? Or, oh my God, I hope he doesn't find out? Yeah, I think it's both of those at the same time. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> like, oh, you know, maybe again, I think she's sort of suspecting this ahead of time, but, but yeah, mm-hmm. but this, this is where she's really, oh God, this is really happening. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's like, is she realizing along with him, right? Like, is the Kinderman method working where it seems like, like he, it, it seems like he's discovering it, mm-hmm. but like he's actually holding her hand and now she's discovering it. Or has she figured it out a few minutes earlier? Like you're saying, Keenan, and, and this face is her, uh, you know, being scared that he's getting a little bit too close to the mm-hmm. truth. But you're, th- you're saying like it could, it could be both at the same time. Yeah. At the same time. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. I know. I like what you were saying a little earlier, right? That, she, that you know, the way that you, kind of can know things before you really accept that you know them right like yeah like oh you know i've I've not wanted to put that in the front of my mind yeah yeah right it's it's this like third level of like you know you don't know something Mm -hmm. and you know something but you're like do i want to know that Mm -hmm. do i want to even think of that like that's not even a that's not even a thing i want to think right Right. now Mm -hmm. um and yeah and and so so we're 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 moving from that point to the like Mm full-on realization right right now um and ooh, yeah yeah, like how you know all the fans out there in the world they they know BTS is going to die someday, mm-hmm, but do they mm-hmm. want to know that? I mean, you know, hey, hey, you know what? I'll live in my fantasy as long, <laughs> and then uh, you know, you know, after after they're gone, right. um, I'll be like, I, well, you know, you never know, <laughs> they could come back, you know. Oh yeah, if anyone can, yeah. if anyone can, BTS, <laughs> right? Back to singing. <laughs> Wait, Kim, what is BTS? I have no idea. I was hoping you oh, would know. Sh- oh, fuck. Wait, 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 wait. I'm remembering. <laughs> <laughs> what? You made a joke where BTS, BTS is the subject, and neither of us know what BTS is. Uh, I'm remembering now. BTS uh-huh. stands for Bongtan Soyeondan, which is Bulletproof Boy Scouts. Is that a, In a Korean. musician? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, oh, you don't know what BTS is. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> No, I know what BTS Third is. <laughs> You've never heard of BTS? No. Oh, they are the. I thought you were like behind the scenes. What? No, BTS is the biggest musical anything in the world right now. Oh, your, your students probably like BTS. Probably, yeah. <laughs> wow. Shows shows what an uncultured swine. They're One the, of your podcast hosts is. Uh, you know, we have a wide demographic. I'm sure that not everyone that listens to us knows what BTS is. And yeah, they're, sure, sure. They're the K-pop boy group, they're like the K-pop boy group. Right. They were okay. so important to the South Korean economy that they um, 
that they wrote a law that said that they didn't have to go into conscription like everyone else because to, oh, wow. yeah, to put them through conscription would be to um, lose, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars for the Korean mm-hmm. economy. But then that's that's been changed now. So they have, they have had to break up a little bit sort of and, and have them go into <laughs> into the army. Wow. OK, well, there we go, guys. Um, BTS. <laughs> Bulletproof Check guys. them out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they probably don't need our help. Um, <laughs> but hey, hey, members of BTS, uh-huh. if you are listening, um, uh, send send an email to <laughs> Africa. <laughs> Tell them to come back. We have we have we've learned our lesson. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> that was a that was a bucket list uh, triumph, there, folks. I I I made my co-host unable. To breathe. Uh, <laughs> and now he sounds like Mercedes McCain. Oh, my God. Being at the, oh, 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 oh. Okay. Oh All right. <laughs> let's, let's continue on. I don't know if anyone's going to think that's funny, but that's, that's – except for me, that's so funny. Lester. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, 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 we do it for ourselves. You know. um, no, 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 listeners. We do it for you. We do it for you. Especially if you're in Africa. Especially. <laughs> this is all for you. That one house that downloaded that one episode and then and then abandoned us, left us. Please come back. God, I want I I I want that person to write in, whoever they are. Okay, 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 okay. We got to get it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, okay. So, <clears throat> so yeah, so Kinderman is doing his, his Kinderman thing. And he is holding Chris's hand and, and leading her to this realization. But he also, he gives her this out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think he's also trying to give himself an out here, right? Uh-huh. Hoping, hoping against hope, right? Like, it, it could be one way. We, like, we've cut back to him, and now the camera is is moving back out, as if we're backing away. Like, at, at first, we were, like, fascinated. We were hypnotized mm-hmm. by this detective's knowledge. And and now we see what he's suggesting, and we're slowly backing away. But but yeah, like, he, he says, it could be one way if someone came calling between the time Miss Spencer left and the time Chris returned. Was there somebody? We'll have to wait and see, because unfortunately, that's the end of our minute and my notes. Keenan, is there anything we missed? No, I think we got it. And I, I think you uh, you broke me. So let's let's go. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz. And you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd as Howdy Keenan. Yes, we got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join. And we'll let you in here with us. And thank you guys so much to everyone who has uh, shared uh, the show by word of mouth or on social media. And a big, big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star ratings uh, on iTunes. And even more, guys, like whenever you write a 
little sentence or like like a, a five word review or something like that, right? That helps us out in a big, big way, gets the algorithm to uh, put us out in front of people's faces and everything. So we really, really appreciate that. That's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. And as always, if you would like to leave us a message, right? The Exorcist Minute at gmail.com. We want to we want to hear from you. Hey, when did you realize that uh, uh, that that Chris realized that Carl killed Burke? No. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, that this detective has a theater degree. I don't know. Um, but no, yeah. What do you, what do you think? Like, what was the scariest moment of the movie for you? Is it, it, has it already happened? Is it coming up? It's probably coming up. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, we still got some scary stuff happening. Um, yeah. Like, like we definitely want to hear, uh, like what was your first viewing of this, of this thing? Like, were you, were you too young like me? Um, or like, like pretty much everybody who, who watches this thing? Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So the exorcist minute at gmail.com, write us, uh, uh, and, uh, and let us know what you think. All right, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the power of Kelvis Presley compels you. You ain't nothing but a flamingo. <laughs> right? <laughs> he, he lives at the Heartbreak Motel. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, this bed's shaking and I can't get it to stop shaking. <laughs> Somebody already shot the TV. I can't. <laughs> right. And he says, we can go on together with suspicious <laughs> minds. Suspicious minds. <laughs> Viva Atlantic City. All right, let's try not to get sued. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't you let my podcast get sued. I don't know. Like uh, blue suede shoes. I don't know. Oh, I, don't I got know. you. I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funnier when you explain it, guys. <laughs>